come to a realization of why I prefer the playoffs or the celebration bowl. Our three HBCU players did not get a combine invite, and Rashad Williams could help solve UAPB shooting woes. Oh, yeah, it's Locked On HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked On HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On HBCU Podcast, your number one daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I, of course, am Darian Gray, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports editor. Thank you for going on this journey with me. Make it Locked On HBCU your first listen of the day every day remember that today's episode is brought to you by bet online that has you covered with more odds props and lines than ever before bet online where the game starts and i've come to a personal realization of why i like the f the fcs playoffs over the hbcu celebration bowl and i i knew i felt this way but it took an interaction between fam you tied in Yes, it's a it's a good interaction between Nicholas Dixon and Yard Talk on Twitter. And if y'all are part of HBCU Twitter, y'all all know Yard Talk because she's always fighting for she's gonna say what she believes and she's always fighting for the betterment of, of HBCUs, right? And whether she whether you agree with her or disagree with her, she always gonna come with passion, and that's why I appreciate it. I don't even want to say it was a, it was an argument between these two, because it wasn't. It was really like he replied to her and it, nothing really came from between the two of them, right? And I don't even think he was really responding to a point that she actually made, right? But all in all, I'm happy that it happened because it gave me a realization about my thought process and then put it all into place. Now, the idea of do HBCUs go to the Celebration Bowl, which is the SWAC versus the MEAC, or do you say, I'm going to test my, my skills against the best of the best in the FCS playoffs? You don't have the option, just to be clear. But there's always been the conversation of what should HBCUs do? Right now, the Celebration Bowl is the only option. It is. Unfortunately, you have to. You can't win your conference and then go to the, the playoffs. You would have to lose your conference. It's, it's really weird. It's not. You actually have to lose your, in your division as well. So it's, it's a situation where... You don't really want to go to the FCS playoffs because it meant that you did not win the SWAC or the MEAC. But some people want to go there. And I'm one of the people who want that. And in this interaction, he made, he being Nicholas Dixon, um, made a really good point and one that I agreed with. And I was finding like, okay, somebody put it into words. And he said, basically, the playoffs are greater than the Celebration Bowl. And let's back it up. I'm talk, I'm about to talk up the playoffs a lot let's just get this disclaimer out but i'm not trying to indoctrinate you to have to feel as if the playoffs are head and shoulders above the celebration bowl it's really different cups of tea it's really what do you prefer in my opinion it's two completely credible sides but i'm about to talk up the playoffs right now so he was just basically saying players don't really care about views they don't really care about ratings or any of that and it finally hit me I haven't played in a long time, but I still have that mindset of, I don't, 
Matter of fact, I played in high school, right? I didn't play for no cameras. I, I don't think I don't think I was ever on television. So I didn't play for views. I didn't play for no ratings. You know, the, the best views I could think of were how many people are gonna fill up the stadium. That was the best version of views that I could think of. So I didn't play for any of that because I even have that on the table. That wasn't even an option for me. And that's what I'm seeing. Man, players don't care about that. Players want to compete. Players want to players want respect. Players want to want to be considered the best of the best. They want to play the perceived best of the best. Because in order, in the Ric Flair terms, in order to be the man, you got to beat the man. And at the end of the day, they most people are not going to view that as the celebration bowl. They just aren't. And that's unfortunate, but it's the truth of the matter. And for me, the celebration bowl just does not feel like the peak of competition. I think the celebration bowl is great and I love what it represents. So I love it. Don't get it twisted. I do love it. But if I'm thinking about, okay, I want to go show the world. And I think that respect thing is, I, I, I come on here and I talk about it as far as HBCUs are disrespected. And I do feel that way. I feel like they're undervalued. And, and I think they're looked down upon amongst athletic circles by a lot of people incorrectly. So it's, it's a respect thing, but it's also one of my foundations period in life. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for foundation. I'm looking for, or I'm looking for respect in my foundation. You got to respect me. I'm coming on. You think I'm not on here to be the best podcast host on the network? And that's all due respect to everybody else. Or at least be one of the best or not be considered one of them. Like, I want you to click on and, and put on Locked On HBCU and say, oh, he, he's one of the best guys out there. I want to be one of the best. I want to be one of the best guys talking about HBCU athletics. It's a respect thing. It's a competition thing. Friendly competition in my lane, not so friendly in the football lane. So that's what they're looking at. And it's not about anything else. Those views, that ratings, those are reasons. The money that's getting dished out, I completely understand why you would go with the celebration role, celebration bowl route as opposed to the playoffs. I can't argue with the bottom line. I can't argue with the dollar. I completely understand how it is a smart business move. However, that inner player just right there tucked in the back of my head cannot get away from the thought of, not everybody needs to know I'm the best. It's okay feeling like you're the best. See, I'm going to say this because Jackson State fans are, are just like this, and I have no problem with it. Jackson State fans will tell you they are the best they can compete with X, Y, and Z, right? Every team should feel that way. But don't it feel a whole lot better when everybody else realizes it as well? When you get out there and you prove it, doesn't it feel good when, oh, I think I can beat the world? The world maybe not. They might not feel the same. But when I go out there and I beat the world, the world going to have to acknowledge me. I'm really getting these WWE references off today. But they're going to have to acknowledge I am this good. It just feels good as a pride. It's, it's a respect thing. I want all of that. I can't get it out of me. I can't. But I understand the dollar signs. I understand the bottom line. I understand the money that's going to get dished out. I'm just not thinking of it from a, from a business standpoint. And that's the, the clear difference between the HBCU Legacy Bowl, or not the Legacy Bowl, excuse me, the Celebration Bowl, and then also the FCS playoffs. That's it. Different mindsets. Let me know what you think. Should they go to the Celebration Bowl or should they go to the playoffs? And also let me know why, because I want to know how you're feeling. Is it a competition thing? Is it a money thing? Is it a forget them? We don't need any kind of 
perceived acceptance, which is not how I believe it, but any perceived acceptance from everybody else, let me know what you think. This is a hot button topic. I, I really do enjoy it. So going forward, we're going to be talking about our basketball players who went to the NBA G League elite camp in order to get an invite to the NBA combine. Unfortunately, they did not get it. I'm going to tell you why it's still a good look to be invited to the camp and also break down each guy's performance. But before I do that, I want to I want to tell you about Bet Online because Bet Online is the best place for all of your sports wagering. I look at Bet Online and I say, you can give me basketball, football, soccer, baseball, MMA, boxing, favorite Vegas casino games. They have it all. They have everything that I could possibly ask for. So it's really a one-stop shop. If I want to bet on who's going to be the MVP next year in the NFL, I can do it at Bet Online. If I decide I want to bet on Poker, I can do it on Bet Online. And maybe I just want to get something current and I want to say, well, I saw that the Heat were three and a half point favorites in game two. I want to bet on that. I'm going to do it at Bet Online because they are multiple, they're versatile, and they're really skilled. They're going to give you the best lines. All right. Go with your NFL futures, your NBA current. Man, the Warriors should beat the brakes off the Mavericks. I can't wait to see what the odds are going to be for that in game two. It should be interesting. But wherever I want to put my money down, or whatever I want to put my money down on, I'm going to do it on BetOnline.net because they are the fastest and easiest. Wage on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, as we keep on rolling on today's episode of Locked On HBCU, thank you for making us your first listen of the day every day. And also make sure you're checking out Locked On NBA Big Boards, hosted by Rafael Barlow, host of the NFL or NBA Draft Junkies and NBA Big Boards newsletter. Now, he will be joined by Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, Leaf Thulin, breaking down the whole NBA draft cycle. He is actually in the or in Chicago for the draft combine right now now as we speak and this is a perfect segue into our topic about the three hbcu players who were unable to make the nba draft combine see they were invited to the nba g league elite camp and that was essentially a tryout it was a tryout to get to the combine right only seven players made it from the camp to the combine and there was 44 players that were actually at the camp so this was a very exclusive opportunity that was passed out and not everybody was going to get it. However, they might have missed a shot at the combine, which was, you know, what you're trying to get to. That's the reason you're there. But what we don't want to ignore is the fact that they still got eyes on them. There was still people watching and looking at what's going to happen in this game or in a couple of games. They had a couple of scrimmages along with some drills and everything. But in the camp, they were still going to be watched. So there's, this was still an opportunity to get eyes on them. It was still an opportunity to put their best foot forward. And I feel like they have varying degrees of success when it came to that. And I'll start off with the first one. 
and that's Kyle Foster. I thought Kyle Foster probably had the most disappointing performance of the three, and that's because he had the best or easiest route into the NBA. You can't tell me that a, a three-point specialist wouldn't work. Think about the day and age that we're in. We are in the day and age of the three-point shot. That's what everybody is doing. So if you have a guy like Kyle Foster who does exceed or excel, excuse me, at the three-point shot, then you're looking at him as a guy who could really have a good career. He can. He already seems to have a niche carved out for him. You wouldn't have to struggle to find a role for a guy like him because you can immediately see that. It's what he does well. Like I said, he's not just a guy who shoots a lot of threes. He shoots a lot of threes at a high clip and makes it better than most people in the nation. The unfortunate part is that he didn't do that here. That's, that's the disappointing part is that he is a deadly three-point shooter who I think could easily have a role carved out for him by an NBA team that picked him up. And let's be very clear, a bad performance here or not getting invited into the combine is not the end of their NBA dreams. Very well could still happen. All I'm saying is that at a moment where you probably had a lot of eyes on you and a chance to really go crazy if we're just being honest. We're not trying to spice it up. No, he had a chance to go crazy. He did not do that. He shot two from 12, two for 12 from the line. So every basically shot one, he made one out of every six three pointers that he shot. It's that's not that's not gonna make it. It's not gonna cut it. And with the lights on at that moment, I think that a good shooting performance, not like he didn't try. He just did not succeed. And it's very unfortunate because it was a two-day camp in a two-day slump, which is essentially what it was. Cost him an opportunity at an NBA draft, uh, NBA combine invite when all he does is shoot the three exceptionally all year. He just had a bad two days. It is what it is. Now we're going to get into Bryson Gresham. And I thought Bryson Gresham had the best performance. I thought Bryson Gresham showed out, and I'm not being biased at all. I felt like he was the most consistent guy, and he also performed at his role better than anybody. See, you looking at Bryson Gresham as a big guy. He is, a, he is a center. He is a force in the paint. In the first game, let's read off these stats. In the first game, he had two blocks and seven boards. Obviously, he's dominating the paint. In the second game, he had three blocks. Notice I never once mentioned points. Not because he couldn't score anything. He had, two, he had nine points in game two. But because it doesn't matter. I don't care what... Bryson Gresham is scoring I care about what Bryson Gresham is doing on the defensive side of the ball I cared about the fact that he has five blocks in two games in this scrimmage now he didn't get invited I understand that but let's not sit here and act like just because he didn't get invited didn't mean he wasn't showing out he was doing what he needed to do if you liked Bryson Gresham going into this then you're going to really like Bryson Gresham coming out the only thing that I felt like could have changed for his game is if there was this because there's still a perceived notion of a play down like the level of play just does not match and he was able to show that no i'm i'm getting five blocks on some of the better players in the nation now this was an invite these guys weren't at the combine but they were fighting for a chance to get to the combine they ain't scrubs these are really good players they like like they might not be the first second overall pick whatever but let's not act like these aren't still some of the better players that are in the nation so bryson gresham would have squashed any perceived difference in talent or different in competition conversation that would have that would have happened so he did not have to worry about he does not have to worry about that excuse me 
any longer. Now we're going to MJ Randolph, who y'all know was my guy. But I feel like MJ Randolph had the most up and down performance. You're looking at MJ Randolph, who was a guy who, in the first game, he, he got to the line a lot. Got six free throws. His shot wasn't falling as much, but when the shot's not falling, if you can get to the line, we'll do, we'll be fine with that. He was the third leading scorer, but in game two, his shot still wasn't falling. He only took three shots, so he only knocked down one, but the, the percentage isn't – it's hard to read into when you only have three shots. I'll put it like that. Um, but you're looking at an up-and-down guy. Game one, really good. Got to the free throw line, was the third leading scorer on his team. Game two, played less minutes, just didn't look too hot, and that's okay. Because it's not always about your last performance. It's not just who you are. I can say the same for Kyle Foster. I can say the same for MJ Randolph. And I can say the same for Rashad Williams, who is transferring to UAPB. His last season wasn't that great. You look at his season before that, that guy is a three-point specialist and somebody who can really help UAPB shoot from beyond behind the perimeter. Now, going forward, before or before we get into that, I want to talk about Bill Barton. Because I'm excited. Y'all know what it is, man. My blueberry muffins are still on deck. I got a, I got a pack downstairs that I'm about to crack open. All right. I love these things. I appreciate the taste and the health being mixed into one. I'm looking at Built Bar being a spot where I can get 17 grams of protein or a bar where I can get 17 grams of protein, four grams of sugar, four net carbs. So I'm getting a whole lot of flavor, a whole lot of health benefits, but none of the negative detractors. So I'm not having to worry about it being bad for me. Even if I just want to get a snack, it's not bad for me. That's why I love it. And you add in the Built Bar Puffs, going to have protein-infused marshmallow. Oh, y'all got to stop it. This is ridiculous. It is. Because Built Bar is really exceeding, exceeding, and exceeding because there's no way you should be this flavorful, this flavorful and this good at the same time. Go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your offer. We wrap up today's episode of Locked On HBCU discussion Rashad Williams because I believe the transfer from St. Louis has the ability to kind of help fix a fatal flaw in University of Arkansas Pine Bluffs men's basketball team. Let's talk about Williams for a second. He's a journeyman of sort. He's been to, you know, multiple colleges. And I could a guy hasn't been able to play. He's been balling. He's just been deciding to leave and just been bouncing around. But he's decided to, to finish his career in the SWAC at UAPB. Now, when you look at him, he came from St. Louis last. But that's an aberration for me. He never played enough to really get into a groove. And I felt as if that lack of a groove was shown in the fact that it was a career-worst season for him. He, he, he typically is very good at one particular thing, and he wasn't this year. And he also just never played a lot of minutes. So I'm going to treat that as an aberration. I'm going to say, you know what? I'm going to judge you off of your three years prior to that. And the reason I feel like he can fix UAPB or at least something in UAPB is there's an underlying problem there that I'm not sure if everybody notices. Now, the big problem for UAPB is defense. A lot of it comes down to defense. They were the second worst defense in the SWAC. And for the offense, they were seventh. So they're right there in the middle of the pack. But here's the thing. When you do one thing really bad, like really bad, and second worst in the conference is really bad, it tends to take all of the focus and all of the attention. 
But here's the thing. They're middle of the pack in offense. So being at the bottom of anything, whether that's offense or defense, is never going to bode well for your team. It just isn't. You're probably not going to be that good of a team. But then when you're middle of the pack on the other side, so if they were one of the worst offensive teams, but just middle of the pack on defense, it ain't going to work. You almost have to be flipped. You got to be one of the best defensive teams if you're going to be one of the worst offensive teams just to have some balance. Otherwise, it's just you're just not going to cut it. I'm just being blunt about it. And that's what happened with UAPB last year. You had a seven-win season. That's what happens when you have a, a, a really bad, low-ranking defense and a middle-of-the-pack offense. But if you look into that offense, where did they struggle? It was at the three-point line. And it wasn't about volume because if we're just going off volume, they attempted more threes than anybody else no nobody else in the in the swag attempted more threes and it was by a decent margin so they were running away by chunking them up hey if you just want to go off volume they made the second most amount third most per game so they were knocking down threes that's not a problem it's the efficiency they were terribly inefficient when it came to knocking down threes see let's go off volume remember and then we're going to bring it back to efficiency right away you had the most threes put up. You had the second most threes put up or made per game. You had the third most threes, or excuse me, you had the second, let's just go ahead and start that one over. You had the most threes put up. You had the second most threes made. You had the third most threes made per game. Off a of sheer volume, that sounds amazing. But if you look at the per game, or if you look at the percentage that you're actually making, excuse me, they're second worst in the SWAC. Mind you, this is a team that made the second most amount, third most per game. But percentage-wise, man, they were coming in second to last at just 30%. That's what I believe that Rashad Williams is going to fix. And now Sean Williams is a senior, who was a senior, so he's going to be out on his way out the door. Unfortunately, he's going to be kind of replacing him. And if they don't get things right around if they don't get things right around Rashad Williams in a way that it was not a, a right around, if they don't get things right around Rashad Williams, the same way that it wasn't right around Sean Williams, God, that's a tongue twister. These two names sound so similar. Rashad and Sean, both going to be Williams. Like, why y'all do this to me? But if they don't get things corrected that way, it's going to be the same. You look at Williams, Rashad, and I'm just going to call him Rashad. You look at Rashad and... He's the guy who has never shot under 32% in his first three seasons. That will put him at second best, at his worst, at second best on last year's team. At best, he shot 40% from the field as a freshman, and he led the Horizon League in three points two years in a or not two years in a row, but two years during his three. So he can shoot the ball. Somebody else is going to have to step up around him, though. It's going to be needed. Because Sean Williams is leaving, Rashad Williams is going to probably fill that role as the top three-point shooter. But he can't once again be the only three-point shooter above 30%. Does not work. You're going to have to get better. If you're going to shoot up that many, that many threes, and that's going to be that big a part of your game, then you're going to have, and there's absolutely no choice around it, you're going to have to become more efficient. You just are. You knock down two, three more threes per game because you're more efficient. Now you're looking at 10. Now you have a whole different offense, and you're still going to fix that defense. That's how you get up from seven wins. It's just that simple. If you don't, you're going to be right there in that same ballpark again. That's what I'm looking out of. That's what I'm looking for out of UAPB and Sean Rashad Williams. Dog, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get better with these names. It's just some tongue twister. 
Now, what I'm looking for out of you is to make us your first listen of the day every day like you have been doing. I appreciate it. On tomorrow's episode, we're going to be talking about another player who went from Austin P to Tennessee State in the transfer portal. Now, in the meantime, y'all make sure that you're checking out all of our Locked On Conference shows, Locked On ACC, Locked On SEC, Locked On Big 12, Locked On Pac-12. Go get educated with what they are talking about. I really did enjoy this show, so I think I'm about to go celebrate with a built bar. The pack just came in, so I need to go ahead and open it up, right? So in the meantime, in between time, if you're looking for me, you can find me on Twitter at South Exclusives. Until the next time that we hear each other, family, take care, stay blessed. Peace.